All right. Well, good morning, Spirit of Christ Church. Good morning. <laughs> I love I love you all's energy and response in the morning times. Um, it's so good to be with you all. Um, it feels like it's been a while, but I think it's only been like a month or so since I've been up here. Um, but before we dive into the word today, um, I know we've already honored uh, the life of Pastor Moncrief, but I just want to take a moment just to uh, tell my version of I, the way that I've experienced him, because um, he was here, uh, he and Delzine were here a couple summers ago, and that was when I was fresh out of Moody, you know, preaching a lot, you know, getting my feet wet, just like with life outside of Bible college, and I remember um, one of the first times that I met him, you know, I experienced the holy kiss, you know, if you guys know what I mean. <laughs> and that was one of the first times that I met him. And I was like, oh, man, like, what? <laughs> you know, like, this is this is unique. You know, I, I don't think I've ever had this experience before. Um, but he was such an encouragement to me. Um, and just to, uh, just to encourage me in uh, my preaching and my teaching. Um, so I just wanted just to honor him in that way. Um, but today's message, uh, we're, I'm, I'm teaching on something that we all need in our life. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Is that we want to um, not only be people who are uh, have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us, that's uh, the seal of salvation, and we're talking about that, but the, the, uh, the way that I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit today is when it comes to signs and wonders, power and miracles and things of that sort, that when we preach and declare the gospel, that the Holy Spirit releases power to confirm the witness about Christ Jesus, that when people hear the words that come out of our mouths, that they would understand and see with a conviction in their heart that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Holy Son of God. And there is promises in the scriptures that God talked about uh, that he would pour out his spirit. And the good news is that the Lord has poured out his spirit and he's continuing to pour out his spirit. And I believe that we are on the cusp of another mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I think that the Lord is gearing up the body of Christ to move into a season in which uh, the power of the Holy Spirit will be made manifest in such a way that the history books have never recorded it before. That that the, the meetings will grow so large that the only place to house it is the Spartan Stadium. That, 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 that the Lord is getting ready to do something in which he is going to, where, where people will... Uh, will we'll come in in wheelchairs and they'll leave walking. You know, where people will come and hear the gospel and they had a terminal illness and they'll be healed in a moment. That there will be dreams, visions, the open of the heavens in an open declaration that Jesus is the Messiah. That Jesus is the Christ. And I believe that we're on the cusp of something amazing and uh the, I, the last time I was up here, I kind of gave an overview of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is a study that the Lord led me through about a month and a half ago. And I also took my sophomores through some of this material because I'm like, you guys need to know the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. 
And so, uh, but as I, as I read hundreds of verses from uh, concordance, you know, commentaries and all of these things, I kind of synthesized the material into the Holy Spirit's activity into five different categories. Um, and you could categorize his activity, one, as he's the one who gives spiritual life, right, both physical and spiritual. He also gives spiritual fellowship. He deepens our fellowship with the Father and the Son and with one another. Uh, the third aspect or dynamic of the Holy Spirit's activity is that he's the one who grows us. He's the one who matures our spiritual life in Christ. And then he also helps us when it comes to spiritual warfare. You know, uh, the Apostle John, he says that he who lives in you is greater than he who is in the world. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to overcome the things that Satan throws at us, the world throws at us, the, the things that arise in our flesh so that we can live in agreement and in accordance with the word of God. And then lastly, the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual power, and that's what we're talking about today. And specifically, and all of those are in the realm of the Holy Spirit's power, life, maturity, warfare, fellowship, all of those things. But today we're talking specifically about the witness of the Spirit, um, that, you know, what Jesus says, that these signs will follow those who preach the gospel. Um, and so I'm just going to um, I, we're, I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> I have, I have notes here, you know, I always teach with notes. I, uh, you know, I kind I like following after one of my role models, Mike Bickle at the house of prayer in Kansas city. <laughs> so that's why I teach with notes like that. Um, but we won't go through all of it and we won't take a, a super deep dive cause we'd be here for a really long time. And, uh, I was talking to Bex and, uh, Jesse or pastor Jesse, uh, few days ago about, you know, like the long sermons I used to preach. I'm going to try and keep it short. I'm going to try and not, not uh, you know, when my parents come and visit sometimes, they're, they're like, you go too long. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I'll try and keep, I'll try and keep it brief. But today I want to land specifically in this. And this is the point of the message today is that we are called to pursue the power of the Holy Spirit, but only in the context of love. We are called to pursue the power, the gifts, the working of the Holy Spirit, but we have to do it in the context of love. Because if we pursue the power of the Holy Spirit outside of the context of love, we will abuse the gifts that God has given to us and we will trample our neighbor when we do it. But if we pursue the power of the Holy Spirit in the context of love, it should edify not only our love for God, it should not only grow our love for God, but that we will stoop beneath the people that we're serving and lift them up and call them higher. That we won't abuse the power that we've been given because the Apostle Paul said that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the common good of the people, of the common good of the people of God. And so I'm going to say a quick prayer for us. And then we'll dive right in. So, Father, we come before you in the name of your glorious son, Jesus. And, Lord, we say thank you that he was humble in his obedience to you, even 
humble enough to uh, experience death on a cross. Lord, that he was buried in a grave and that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was raised on the third day. And in his ascension, Lord, you poured out your spirit on the day of Pentecost. And Lord, we're asking that today you would give us a greater measure of the working of your spirit in our midst. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So first things first in the introduction is that one of the names that the scriptures use to describe the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Glory. Now, if you look at different translations, if you look at different versions of the scripture and different manuscripts, some manuscripts will add the Spirit of Glory and of Power. Right, so when the Apostle Peter is talking about the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Glory, he's talking about the power of God resting on a people. Right, so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, and there's so many different names that the scriptures use for the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit of glory is a reference to God's power. And the Spirit endows believers with spiritual power that we may edify one another and be witnesses of Christ to the world. And we see that in Matthew 28 and in Acts 1, uh, in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2. So I'm going to ask you to turn to Joel chapter 2. That's where we're going to begin today. Joel chapter 2. In Joel chapter 2 is that glorious passage in which God is speaking through the prophet. And he's saying that there's a day in the last days I will pour out my spirit. And so let's just just read it here because I'm just jumping ahead here. It says this. In Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and I'm going to read to 29 here. It says, after this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. And then uh, he says in verse 30, I will display wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. And so this promise here in, through the prophet Joel is God speaking and saying that there is coming a day in which I will pour out my spirit. And, you know, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I will pour out my spirit on all people. And there will be signs and wonders. The power of God manifested on that day. And we see, jumping ahead in Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter On the day of Pentecost, when the 120 were gathered in the upper room, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Tongues of fire land on the people, and they're speaking in tongues, and the power of God is made manifest. And the Apostle Peter, he stands up, he preaches the gospel, and 3,000 are added to the church in that day. And we see that the next chapter over, we see the signs and the wonders, the power and the miracles happen. When Peter and John are going up to the synagogue or the, uh, the temple and they, the, there's a beggar standing out there and he's lame. He's been lame from birth and he is begging for coins and money. He says, you know, they, they open their pockets, you know, it's all empty. And he says, we don't have silver or gold, but we, what we do have is this. 
in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And immediately when he grabbed the, man hand, the man's hand, he, his strength came into his legs and he leaped up and he starts praising God into the temple. He starts praising God into uh, the synagogue or wherever they were going, you know. And so this is the promise. This is paragraph A under Roman numeral 1. Is that the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, holds promises from God that there would be an outpouring of his spirit accompanied by power. That John the Baptist, he spoke of this, and Jesus, prior to his ascension, spoke of this as well. And as I did my research with these various, you know, all of these different uh, scriptures talking about the power of the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there are a few different ways that you can kind of break it down. You have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you also have the Holy Spirit resting upon people. And so when we're talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, this is the first dynamic of the outpouring of God's Spirit for those who believe. And these different categories or these different dynamics of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is they have different uh, functions or when the scriptures talk about them, uh, they, have a di- they have different roles and different things that they stand for. And the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is for salvation, is that when you believe in Christ Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. The Apostle Paul, he calls it the seal of our salvation, that when the Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of the believer, you are sealed for the day of salvation. You know, it's one of those things sometimes where people question, you know, uh, do, do you know? Am I am I saved? Well, the truth of the matter is that if the Holy if the Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of you, you are saved and you're sealed for the day of redemption, right? That you have new and eternal life in Christ Jesus. That you have been born again, that the Holy Spirit has regenerated your dead spirit that was dead in sin, but now that the Holy Spirit, because of our faith in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us, he dwells and he regenerates us, and he gives us new life in Christ. That is the glorious news of the new covenant, that we are born again and that we are given new and eternal life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's the glory of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But then another thing that the scriptures testify of is this real reality called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that this is a real spiritual matter that the scriptures testify about. You know, some of my friends, you know, back at Bible college, they would debate this. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. The scriptures say it, and it's a real thing. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is real. (laughs) It's real. And I remember the time when uh, I I was at, I've told this story before, and I'm not going to dive into it. 
but I was at uh, the One Thing Conference in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, with the IHOP people, and I saw just young people worshiping the Lord with all of their hearts. And I, you know, I had received Jesus, led Bible studies, gone to church. My dad's a pastor. You know, it's like, you know, I, I felt like I have done, I did the whole church thing. But then I saw all of these young people on fire for Jesus. And, you know, at first I was like, you know, I'm raising my, like, you know, I was one of those kids who, like, I hated worship. I, I didn't like it at all. And raising my hands was radical. You know, that was, that was extreme. And, you know, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was extreme for me. But then, um, but then I, I remember being in the prayer room and I said, Lord, these people have something I don't have. And I was like, they have, they have a fullness that I want. And in a moment, all I, all I said was, Lord, whatever these people have, I want it. And it was like the heavens opened up. This power came on me, knocked me back in my chair. Nobody was around me. Nobody laid hands on me because Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit and fire. He is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit and fire, and he will introduce you to a fuller life in Christ Jesus. Right, and so this is it's the glorious news, and when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's power that comes on it, because he says, tarry in Jerusalem. Don't leave the city until you are endowed with power from on high, that there is a real realm of power in the Holy Spirit that is available for every believer. And it's an introduction to the fullness of life in Christ because there's another category called being filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Apostle Paul, he says in the book of Ephesians, he says, don't be filled with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we see throughout the book of Acts that even after the baptism, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, there was many fillings of the Holy Spirit that they experienced, and we see that the filling of the Holy Spirit was to embolden the believers to live in accordance with the gospel and be a witness for Christ. We see that in the life of Stephen when he was being martyred for uh, the preaching of the gospel. He was filled in that moment with the Holy Spirit. We see the Apostle Paul and so many others were filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, there can be many feelings of the Holy Spirit. And then paragraph E here is that, uh, that the Holy Spirit rests upon people as well. So when the scriptures speak of the Holy Spirit falling upon or resting upon people, the result is typically, typically prophesying or tongues and all of these things. And so when the Spirit rests upon an individual, typically you see in the biblical pattern that there is utterances that come out, that there are things that come out of people's mouths. And the, and the truth of the matter, whether it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit resting and falling upon people, I'm not going to try and, put, and systematize how all of this stuff works. Because the truth of the matter is that I don't know how it all works, and I don't think anybody has a monopoly on how the Holy Spirit works because he is the third person of the Trinity. He's eternal. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipotent omnipresent. You cannot manipulate, you cannot control the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. He 
can do as he pleases. And so he can baptize an individual, he can fill an individual, he can rest upon somebody. I'm not going to explain it. All I know is I'm going to ask for more. (laughs) All I know is that I'm going to ask for more. Lord, whatever you have for me, I want it. (laughs) Whether it's a fresh baptism, a fresh feeling, a resting upon, I don't know, but I want it. Because I'm not satisfied with, the, with how I'm living right now. I want more. I want more of God. And the way, that, the way that I experience more of God is in the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And the glory of it is that we don't have to do theological gymnastics to get more of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Luke 11, ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. And so we live uh, in the Holy Spirit to the degree that we talk to the Holy Spirit. We live in the Holy Spirit to the degree we ask for more of him. We can experience more of God in the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so that's specifically about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in, with, and upon us. And it's important that we, we do not create formulas, you know, to, under, to try and understand the Spirit because he's, uh, even though the, the Scriptures give us a lot of information about who he is, he's still a mystery because he's God. He's God. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not lower than the Father. He's not lower than the Son. He is co-eternal and he's co-equal with the Father and the Son. Because, you know, a lot of times we'll think of the Holy Spirit, you know, as the lowest person in the Trinity. (laughs) And that's a grave mistake because he's God. The Holy Spirit is God. And so this is uh, Roman numeral two talking about the witness of the Spirit. And I'm going to ask that you all turn to the Gospel of John. And we're going to go to John 15. The Gospel of John chapter 15. Because the truth of the matter is that not only did God promise to pour out his Spirit, but that the, the working of the Holy Spirit is that he is a witness. The Holy Spirit is a witness to Christ Jesus, of Christ Jesus. And the glorious news of that is that we get to partner with the Holy Spirit. We get to partner with the Holy Spirit in, in, in his witness about Christ. And so this is what John 15, 26 and 27 says. John 15 26 and 27. This is Jesus, you know, in that upper room discourse there. Right before the night of his, uh, on, on the night of his betrayal. And this is what he says about the Holy Spirit. He says, when the counselor comes, and he may say something a little bit different, like the helper, um, in different translations. He says, when the counselor comes... The one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, check this out. He says, he will testify about me. And then Jesus adds, he says, and you also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. And so this is the truth of the matter. 
is that the Holy Spirit is already witnessing and testifying to billions of people about Jesus. That the Holy Spirit is already witnessing. He's already moving. He's already working in people's hearts to testify in, and, and to witness about who Jesus is. Right? And the truth of the matter is that we are given the uh, glorious responsibility and the glorious invitation to partner with the Holy Spirit in his witness about Christ Jesus. You know, those promptings that you get when, you know, you're talking to somebody maybe at the grocery store, you're talking to somebody at church, or you see somebody out in public to, you know, how the Holy Spirit nudges us to go maybe pray for somebody or talk to somebody about Jesus. Well, the truth of the matter is that he's probably already working in that person's life, and we get to come alongside him and say, hey, do you know about Jesus? <laughs> do you know about the Son of God? And our witness, along with the Holy Spirit's witness, will convict the heart of someone. And, and hopefully, the hope and the prayer is that they receive the Lord Jesus. They, they'll, they'll receive him as Lord and Savior. Because the, the, the primary ministry and the primary aim of the Holy Spirit's ministry is to glorify and to magnify Christ Jesus. You know, that he, the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit's favorite subject to talk about is Jesus. <laughs> he loves talking about and witnessing and glorifying and magnifying Jesus in the human heart. That Jesus would be our number one love and priority in our life. Right? That's the, that, that's the main focus in everything that the Holy Spirit does is not to, uh, not to point, you know, the glory to himself, but to, in, a, in the way that he does, point our eyes to the man, Christ Jesus, that we would worship him, that we would glorify him. So the Holy Spirit is a witness of the glory of Christ Jesus. But also, he anoints us, he empowers us to speak and to preach the word of God so that when we speak, our words are anointed with power and so that people are convicted in the heart to know that Jesus is the Son of God. Think about it. On the day of Pentecost with Acts 2, Peter, he stands up in the midst of all the people. He preaches the gospel, and it says that the people were, were pierced to the heart. Well, who did the piercing? It was the Holy Spirit. He pierced the hearts of the people to say what Peter is talking about is true. What Peter is preaching about is true. Jesus is the way to, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one sees the Father except through him. The Holy Spirit bears witness to the hearts of the people to say and to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And I'm in paragraph B in Roman numeral two here, is that uh, the outpouring of God's spirit initially affects the believer's speech, right? That uh, specifically enabling us to preach the gospel with power. 
Now, when I say preach, I'm not just talking about from the pulpit, but I'm talking about conversations that you have over coffee. I'm talking about social media videos like on YouTube or, you know, Instagram or whatever it may be, or uh, people's books and writings and poetry and all of these things or singing. All of these things can be classified under preaching because it's the declaration of the man Christ Jesus and his beauty and his glory. And so, and, and what, uh, you know, like, it, it's kind of um, uh, mind-boggling that God would use the method and mode of speaking and preaching to save the world. <laughs> that, that, you know, the Apostle Paul, he says in Romans 10, he says, uh, let's just turn there, about, uh, this, is what, this is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 10, and this is... Just absolutely, uh, I mean, I, I find it, I, I, as I think about it, and as I think about what I do, you know, as, you know, a preacher and teacher of the scriptures, um, I kind of, I find it kind of humorous because it's, you know, speaking is just the most normal and mundane thing that we do. <laughs> you know, we, we talk to one another, you know, we laugh, uh, you know, all of these things. And yet God uses the weak things that come out of our mouth to convict a person's heart, that they would see Jesus all the clearer. And so this is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 10, uh, 14 to 15. He says, how then can they call on him they, uh, call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they, uh, unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so the Apostle Paul is saying this. He's saying that God sends people to go preach. And it may be in the marketplace. It may be on campuses. It may be all across, you know, the cities and all of those things. And he says, God uses the method and the mode of preaching to convict people's hearts, to show them Christ Jesus. And it's a glorious, it's a glorious reality that we get to enter into. And then these next ones, super quickly, in paragraph C and D, is prophesying in tongues, right? That when the, the, the Spirit uses the mode and the method of our, uh, of our speech, to witness about Christ Jesus. And so when the spirit rests upon an individual or group, often there are prophetic utterances or oracles that emerge to edify the body or to convict people about Christ Jesus. Testifying about Jesus is the true is the essence of true prophetic ministry. Right? That when we're testifying about Jesus and we're giving a witness about him, we're operating in that spirit of prophecy, right? We see that in Revelation 19:10. And then tongues. Now, there are two biblical ways of viewing tongues, and speak, uh, which is number one, speaking in other earthly languages like Mandarin or you know Portuguese or whatever it may be, and then number two is speaking mysteries in the spirit, and that the spirit he enables tongues so that the unbeliever may also believe in Christ. Right, so that, you know, we speak in tongues and the interpretation of tongues or somebody who, you know, speaks Mandarin may be in the crowd and they may say, oh, they're talking about the glory of God in my language, you know, and the spirit may meet it with conviction. But then also, and this is the part that I think we all love, 
is that the Holy Spirit loves to confirm the declaration of the gospel with the supernatural. That he loves to confirm the witness of the gospel with signs and wonders following those who preach the gospel. You know, where we, where we see miracles, healing, deliverance, dreams, visions, the angelic to confirm the witness about Christ Jesus. And we see that in Mark 16, right, where, he said, where Jesus says that these signs will follow those who believe. And so that's the outpouring of the Spirit and the witness of the Spirit. If you want to turn your notes to the page 2. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do paragraph three here, um, all that, all, not going to dive into it because I have it here for you, um, but there are about 20 to 22 gifts of the Spirit that the Bible brings to light, that the Bible excavates, right? But the truth of the matter is this, this is paragraph A of Roman numeral three, is divine distribution, that the Holy Spirit is the one who gives gifts to the body of Christ for the common good of God's people, right? That when we are given gifts from the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, that these are things that the Holy Spirit supernaturally gives to us so that we can edify the body of Christ, right? We can't give ourselves the gifts of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit are a little bit more than the things that we are just maybe naturally good at, Right, that there is a because they are from the Holy Spirit, there is a, a particular supernatural anointing that comes on these gifts that God gives to his body. And so you have speaking gifts, you have serving gifts, you have power gifts, and then you have positional gifts like apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor, so on and so forth. And so we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is poured out. That the Holy Spirit uh, 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 convicts and um, assists the witness about Christ with power and with glory so that people would understand and know that Jesus is the Christ. And this is where I want to land for today. This is where I'm kind of landing the plane. Is that we want to pursue an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our midst. We want to pray for that. We want to contend for that. I'm contending for the Breslin. I'm contending for Spartan Stadium. I'm contending for a whole generation to receive and experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want to see the Holy Spirit raise up messengers um, of God's beauty, the mess messengers that preach the gospel with anointing, with power, with conviction, and with signs and wonders following. And I want to pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to pursue na uh, supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our midst that edify the body and, that and witnesses to people outside of the body that Jesus is the Messiah. But what, I'm, what I want to land at in the, 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 you know, landing the plane is that we have to pursue these gifts in the context of love. We have to. There is, there is no other biblical way 
to pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit outside of the context for love, uh, outside the context of love for God and love for one another. Because when you get a people that are zealous about the gifts of the Spirit, but they don't have any love in them, nobody's going to be edified, but people are going to say, wow, isn't that anointed person on the stage amazing? Wow, isn't that person amazing? As opposed to looking at Jesus and saying, how kind is our Savior? How merciful is he? How wonderful is he, is Jesus? Because when we pursue the gifts of the Spirit outside the context of love, we are more prone to abuse God's power and to trample on our neighbor. And that can't be. That can't be. And I just want to turn to, uh, want us to turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 13 here. And you all know where this is headed. You know, this is, you all know, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 is, you know, the passage that, you know, a lot of people say at weddings and, you know, and <laughs> without love, you know. <laughs> but the Apostle Paul uses and he speaks about this stuff in the context. He, he sandwiches, you know, he, he puts 1 Corinthians 13 right in between, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 where he's talking about the spiritual gifts. And then he also puts 1 Corinthians 14 after that where he's talking about zealously pursue prophecy, tongues, but he puts 1 Corinthians 13 right in the middle because he says on both ends of the spectrum, on everything, you have to do it in love. Because this is what he says, 1 Corinthians 13. He says, if I speak, uh, if I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. And so the Apostle Paul, he says this, if we jump down to 1 Corinthians 14, this is what he says. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts and especially that you may prophesy. So what the Apostle Paul is saying is this. He's saying in our pursuit of the power of the Holy Spirit, all of it is good. The outpouring, the witness, the signs and the wonders, the gifts that he gives to the body of Christ. Pursue those things but get your priorities straight. <laughs> he says, get your priorities straight. Make love the first pursuit of your life, and God will, uh, you know, he will empower, he'll give gifts, and only in the context of love for God and love for people can the power of God be made manifest without it turning into a wildfire of pride and human uh, you know, fleshly, you know, let me try and make this more flamboyant so that people look at me. But love is humble and kind. It walks with people. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't trample on people. And so we have to make this our priority in our pursuit, to zealously pursue the gifts and the power of the Spirit in the context of love. And I want to end with a story, or more so a lesson, that the Lord taught me a few years ago. 
Um, and this is, you know, fresh off of, you know, the baptism, you know, I, me receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm that wild, fiery-eyed kind of guy. You know, I'm starting, you know, to get involved with the house of prayer a lot more. And there was this one day when I was, I was doing Moody online, right? So I'm just doing my classes online. And so I'm not, I'm working half days and things of that sort so I can do school. And I think it was towards the beginning or spring of 2017, something like that. And I remember there was this day, and I'm still living with my parents at this time. My dad calls me into the room, and he says, son, he's like, I don't know what it is. I, I, feel, I feel like, you know, the, the Holy Spirit may be saying something to me. He was like, you need to get your oil changed. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's like, you need to get your oil changed. And I was like, ah, okay. And then, you know, he calls me in, you know, a little bit later, like maybe 15, 20 minutes later. He's like, no, you really need to get your oil changed. And I'm like, my car's not messed up. Nothing's wrong. You know, but then, but then a thought comes into my mind. I'm like, maybe, maybe today is the day where I get to prophesy over somebody, get a word of knowledge. And they're, you know, they lay face down on the floor and, you know, they come to know Jesus. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my oil changed. So that's, that's the thought in my mind. So, you know, I'm going up to Fast Eddie's, you know, over here around the corner. You know, I drive, I drive up to Fast Eddie's, and this guy, you know, he, you know, he waves me in. I, I, my heart's, you know, racing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this is, you know, today is the day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, something, something amazing is about to happen. And so, you know, uh, he's, you know, ringing me up, you know, changing my oil, all that stuff. And I'm praying, and I'm like, I, I think I got a word for this guy. I think I got a word. And so I lower my window. I'm like, hey, you know, like, come, you know, I wave to the guy. I'm like, come over here. And, you know, I'm looking at him. I'm like, I'm like, do you have a daughter? He looks at me. He's like, nope. He's like, nope, I don't have a daughter. And at this, I'm like really annoyed right now because I'm like, God, I thought I had a word. And then I try again. You know, I'm praying, and I ask him. I forget the other thing that I ask him, and it was a no again. And I was like, Oh, like, like, you know, this is, this is, you know, my day is ruined. You know, I'm really, I'm mad right now. Like, I, I, I don't like this. And so I'm like, you know, he's getting ready to, you know, wave me through. And uh, I'm like, you know what, before I get out of here, I just want to bless this guy. I'm fuming on the inside. And I just said, I just said, you know, hey, Jesus loves you. And that, that was, that was all I said. And he looked like, just like, it was the biggest revelation to him. And I, and, and, and but I'm fuming on the inside, and I, you know, speed away, and at this time, I'm grumbling at God, you know, cussing maybe a little bit under my breath. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I, you know, I, I want to, you know, I, I'm like, I want to pursue, you know, these spiritual gifts and all these things. I, I thought I had a word of knowledge, and so I, I park on Grand River, and I'm, you know, just walking down Grand River, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm walking and I see, uh, I look across the street, and I see this homeless guy, and he's rummaging through uh, a dumpster. And I'm, you know, I'm like, oh man, I really don't want to talk to this guy right now. But I felt the Lord leading me to him, and so I go over. I'm like, okay, I'll just do it for love. That, that's literally what I said. I'll do it for love. I'll do. I'll go talk to this guy. And so I go over, talk to him, and he's explaining to me, you know, how he's homeless how some college students, like, the night before lit him on fire. That's what he said. Like, it was, took his shoes, all of that stuff. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, this is, like, this is really serious here. And so I said, hey, you know, is there anything I can do for you? He's like, I'm just hungry right now. And so I went, we went to the Big B down the street. Um, I got him, like, a, you know, egg muffin kind of thing, a sandwich. We sat down, talked a little bit, got him a coffee. And then he also needed some pants. And so I got him some new pants, some new sweatpants. And then, you know, we, we departed, and I blessed him on his way, and I said, hey, you know, the Lord loves you. 
And at this time, I'm a little bit more calm, still a little frustrated that I didn't get my word for the first guy. And, but I, my heart's a little bit more tender right now. You know, I'm walking. And then this third encounter happens where this couple runs out of Espresso Royale. I don't know if you all remember. It's like Sushi Ya right now, I think. But it used to be Espresso Royale. And they run out of the coffee shop. I'm like, not that, I'm not that far away from um, the house of prayer. And they come out, they, they're, you know, they're, they look you know, pretty frazzled, and they're like, we ran out of gas, we don't have any money, do you have any, you know, can, can you help us out? And I was like, yes, I can, I can help you out, I, I have some money. And so I went to the ATM, got like a 20, gave it to them. I didn't know if it was real or not, you know, because, you know, sometimes you just have that kind of stuff. But I was like, you know what? I, I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys a 20, you know, and they're like, thank you, thank you, thank you, you know, we really appreciate it, and they, and they go, and so at this time, I'm, I'm just about at the house of prayer, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm about to walk in, I'm about maybe 30, 50 feet away, and the Holy Spirit stops me, and he says these words that I'll never forget, he says, will you love before I give you power, will you love before I give you power? power. And that's what, I'm that's what I'm trying to get at today, is that I was zealous for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't have any love in my heart for the people that I was, that I was uh, encountering. That it is necessary for us as the body of Christ to love people, to love people, not just to have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or an awesome miracle happen in our midst so that people can say, wow, that person is anointed. Wow, this person is amazing. They must be really close with God. But, the, but what the Holy Spirit is after is that, yes, we would pursue his gifts, that we would pursue his power, but that we would pursue love for neighbor and love for God before we see powerful manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our midst. We have to be, uh, we have to get our priorities straight. We have to get our priorities right, that we love people. And that's what the Lord was trying to teach me in the, uh, that, that day, is that will I pray for people? Will I love people? Yes, still continue to contend for the powerful manifestations of the Spirit in our midst, but will I do it in the context of love? And that's what I want to present to you all today is that we need to be zealous, yes, for the gifts of the Spirit, but our number one priority is to have this unwavering, unhindered, extravagant love for Jesus, and it's in that context, it's in that wineskin that he can pour out his power without things getting crazy, without people getting prideful, without you know, our fleshly desires for attention and uh, people to be wowed at us to, to manifest in our midst. Amen. I'm going to invite you all to stand. And I'm going to ask the Lord that we would uh, encounter and see an increase of his power in our midst. And I'm going to invite the elders up too because uh, we're going to give we're going to give a call um, that if you would if you would like more to experience more of God in the Holy Spirit in the power in the might of the Holy Spirit there's an invitation today for that there's an invitation today 
um, for the prayer team to pray for you, the elders to pray for you, because we want to be a people that experiences the power of God, yet we want to do it in the context of love for God and love for neighbor, right? So I'm going to say a prayer for us and also give an invitation um, for, for you all for you all to come up. So yeah, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, your glorious son. And Lord, we're asking that we would be people that pursue the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would be people that zealously um, pursue your the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but Lord, that we would do it in the context of love. Lord, that we would actually do 1 Corinthians 13 before we do 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Lord, that we would be people that love you wholeheartedly and love neighbor as ourself. That we would love our neighbor as you loved us, Jesus. So God, we're asking that you would touch us this morning, that you would touch us today with the power of your glory and the power of your spirit. Lord, that when we go out in the streets, in the marketplace, back to work, back to our families, that we would be witnesses of Christ uh, to the people around us. So I'm just going to invite anybody who would like to come down and receive prayer for receiving more of the Holy Spirit to be touched a little bit deeper by God, to come down um, and to just get just get some prayer. Just get some prayer. And the prayer team, you can pray for people as well. But this is a moment just to be ministered to. This is a moment to, uh, to get prayer for the Lord to touch us in a deeper place with the power of his spirit. We're just going to take some moments here and just allow the Lord to, to move in our midst.